There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina. Andy Brant Bernard. L.A. Nick. And Doug Sprinthal. And we'll be right back. Kick off Hour 3, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back with Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Nick, why don't you get on one of those fancy motorcycles of yours and come to Street Heat on Saturday? You know, I would, I would like to go to Street Heat, but I already know that Nancy has other plans for me to work at the house. <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> Is she an early riser? Yes. Oh, you're screwed you know what? Uh, No, she, she, goes to, she falls asleep in one split second. And she wakes up God, in one split I, second. Yeah, that, I really wish I could oh, do that. It drives me crazy because I can't nice. do either. God, I'd love her. to be able to do that. I but I would, I would love That's to go nice. to that event. It, it's, we it were sounds t- like a great We've event. been talking about it all day. So it's, uh, Walzer is one of the co-sponsors of Street Heat, which is a big uh, car uh, show up this weekend, Saturday, at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. You can go to streetheat.com and see all the cool events that are going to be there and get tickets ahead of time, or I, th- I assume you can buy them. And I'll be there from when the gate opens till about lunchtime. It's so. a very active event. It's not just a car show. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's cars doing stuff. Yeah, so just so you clarify that, it's not drip. just a car show where you just look at a car. You're right. It's cars doing like donuts and doing yeah, burnouts really. and drifting. It's a, a spectacular thing to see. Yeah, there's an exhaust competition. I'm yeah. just, I'm really, like I say, I don't think this is for the Prius owners and the <laughs> listening audience, but. For us gearheads. Uh, yeah, if you don't just like smell of burning rubber, it's yeah, not for you. Avoid that <laughs> whole area, Falcon <laughs> Heights. 
St. Anthony, St. Paul, Highland Park. But it's just not, stay it's out not there. a boring car show. No. This should be really fun. So. Yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. That's everything. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. He always has been. I mean, he's not a very big dude, but he's no. he's 70 and he's he was, still kind of ripped. Well, he was doing some commercials, some TV commercials. It's not that long. Oh, was he? he was? Yeah. I didn't know oh, and he's on Anthony Bourdain a lot. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's yeah, on Anthony he Bourdain a lot. Yeah, he is a lot. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Speaking of uh, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We're not in the news, are we? Do you have a lot of sexy cars over there? Why, yes, we do. And the cool cars list, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know this was part two of the commercial. So go to walzer.com, hit cool cars, and that's where all the sex machines are. They got some cool cars, Why too. do you ask, Tom? Because uh, there's a woman who lives in West Norton Township, uh, Pennsylvania, who's been diagnosed with something called me- mechanophilia, a sexual attraction to cars, and it's very real. Oh, a few weeks ago, apparently the traffic driving past a woman's house was just filled with too many sexy cars from Walzer. Uh-huh for her to handle, so she bolted out of her house and started running through traffic. Someone called the cops, and they wound up tracking her down. When they caught up with her, she was standing in a parking lot, which must have felt like uh, being at one one hell of an orgy to her. Uh, Anyway, they reminded her that running through traffic is dangerous and took her home. When they got her there, she ran over to a Nissan Pathfinder, kissed it, hugged it, and called it Husky Bear. Then she yelled at another car who wasn't quite so, she wasn't quite into that one. And we're confused why ISIS hates us. <laughs> ISIS, as, no, there is no more ISIS. In I there. know, there's Nick not DiPaolo much of them left. left. Nick DiPaolo said, maybe ISIS has a point. <laughs> yeah, ISIS is gone, though. He got the hook from Sirius XM. They fired Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Saw that. For, what the hell that was it an incident? or was for they a just... tweet. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was for a tweet. He said, for all you school shooters, would you refocus and pay attention to places like fresno state and cowboy yeah you don't want to do that yeah too soon but i mean it's not unexpected from him no no uh anyway she isn't facing any charges for her little run through town is she mentally insane well she's got mechanophilia was that really doesn't doesn't really exist yeah it does mechanophilia (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my favorite things about italy man they call Uh, cars la machina yeah I machine? love Lamar. Everything has to machine. be sexy in Italy. It does. It's true. La Machina, which is which is feminine, which is why it's you can thank Italians for people referring to their cars as she. Yes, absolutely. She I'm runs beautiful. Always yeah. hated that. That's because of Italians. It's an it. It's not a she. Oh, well, I have bikes that are she's and he's. The, <laughs> it's, it's just the way. It's just the way they act. Oh, it's the way they act, yeah, the not they, you. No, not the it's way, the way you the bike, act. The, the way the bike acts, yeah. So what okay. does a female motorcycle act like? Listeners are dying to know, <laughs> except for Mike Molina, <laughs> who's going to punch me for asking the questions. Go ahead. Uh, temperamental. No, not predict, unpredictable. Don't I immobile? They're usually my, my female bikes. They like to shop a lot. <laughs> no, it's oh unpredictable God. and temperamental. And this is going to be drawing a lot of listeners here. So I basically, it's a female bike because it sucks all the juice out of society. It's like, good God. Sucks the life right sucks out of you. Sucks the life right out of you. Every time I ride, it just sucks the life out <laughs> of me. That's really nice. That's and it seems really like great. my bank account's empty every time I ride it. 
Yeah, that happens. It's true. This seems like an awfully complicated way to get Doritos, considering you can buy a bag of them in, like, every convenience store in the country. A 22-year-old guy named Jose Cruz in Pasadena, California, was drunk and hungry for some Doritos at around 3.15 in the morning last Saturday. Okay, 3.15, which means that all the 24-7 stores are open. So go buy a bag of Doritos. You're good to go. No, what he did, he broke into a Taco Bell and ate 10 shells for their Doritos Locos Tacos. (laughs) By the time the cops got to the Taco Bell, he was gone. But for about four hours later, he wandered up to the police station and confessed. He's facing one count of commercial burglary. Who would do that? Who what? Wander up and confess? Yeah. Why would you? Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? I don't really understand. Yeah, I, think he, I, think, I think it was jogging, jogging. Let me just unplug my monitor. You probably. I didn't touch it. It's plugged in. Yeah. Well, You're it must good. be on your end because it wow. does, it's not working. Did you guys hear about out. the truck driver in Oregon that it got lost? It is not plugged in. Somebody unplugged Speaking of computer. Doritos, so it was a week ago. This truck driver followed his GPS. He had the uh, direction set wrong, got stuck in the snow, and he had to hike like for three days <laughs> back to uh, town. Three days? Where was he? Now, his truck was filled with potato chips. Oh, God. And and he, you know, he was hypothermic. No, he he wouldn't take any with him. Oh. And they asked him why, and he goes, that was the load I was supposed to deliver. That would have been wrong. It's like, dude, you're You're going to die. die. Yeah. (laughs) Grab a bag of chips and... Yeah. You guys honestly need to figure out who just unplugged my monitor, because it is unplugged. Well, Well, the plug's over there, so, I mean, everything's fine on this end. It's under well, the it's table. plugged in over here. It's under the Do table somewhere. Do you guys somewhere. remember like a year or two years ago, Dorito was doing all these experimental flavors? Yes. And they and were they, all horrible. They had, no, the black, the, the solid black bag, the whole bag was black. I don't think I they remember that awesome. one. They were awesome. I don't think I remember and that one. They were the best. Let's and see. Just, and now I can't find them anymore. Well, this guy with the Doritos cannot top Pizza Jesus. What was it, Pizza Jesus? Pizza I know what Jesus. you're talking about. What oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, what, what was it? No, uh, I I have the audio because we played it around Easter. Oh, Just, you okay? That's on my uh, playlist. Jesus breaks into Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Jesus. And then calls nine eleven on himself. <laughs> what do you look like, sir? Uh, well, it looked like Jesus. Yep, there it is. Now the one. What is your emergency? Yes, this is Jesus Christ, and oh, I just broke right. into the Pizza Hut. I broke the window, and I'm here. Jesus is here now. He's back. So, he's back to earth. You don't like work Magoo. there? No, I just broke in. Had a pizza. I'm Jesus. And what was your name again? My name is Jesus. What's your last name, Jesus? Christ. Okay. And what do you look like? I look like Jesus. What else do I supposed to look like? Man, where do you live at? I'm from heaven. How'd you get over, over to the Pizza Hut? I'm from heaven, sir. Okay. And did you break a front window? Yeah, I broke the door window, sir. And did you eat a pizza? Yeah. Had a Mountain Dew. <laughs> I had a Mountain Dew and I ate a pizza. And I'm Jesus. Why, the question uh, I would have for Jesus is, if you're Jesus, why would you have to break the door? <laughs> why are you calling 911 on yourself? Why don't you just float away and you'd be good to go? I don't understand people who call 911 on themselves. Now, I've heard yeah. that call. Be, was yeah. that verified as being real? Uh, yeah. Do you know? It yeah. was. Okay. Slum- yeah, the I know. Alarm's it, sounds, going off in the background. it sounds fake, but yeah, it's... Because uh... I record a lot of 911 calls, and I've heard a lot of people call 911 on themselves. <laughs> I guess they figure if they uh, do it... For themselves, then they'll get less of a punishment than if they. Well, I've heard people like I'm parked on the side of this road and I'm too high to jive. Hmm. And they call the cops. On yeah, themselves. they call nine one one. 
Oh, that's a good plan. Yeah. Hey, I'm, t- I'm behind the wheel with my keys, but I'm too high to right. drive. I parked. I parked yeah, my car on the side of the highway. That's I'm too great. high. That's really great. That's clear thinking is what that is. Uh, no question about it. So, Pizza Jesus. That's um, funny. It's going to be interesting trying to keep uh, a time of the show and the guests and things like that since I can't see anything. I don't know how we're going to fix that. But it does need to be fixed. Uh, Mike's going to come and take a look. Undo One thing your I mistake. did notice there's a lot of dust on the screen <laughs> with being off. Oh, here oh, we go. Know. An entire list of Doritos ever. The black bag was the, the black best bag. bag. There were the best 127 one. flavors so far. 127 flavors of Doritos? Yeah, yes. they had all these experimentals. I didn't yeah, know sure that. Did. A lot of them I can't even imagine, like... Why would you want this? Why are you showing that in my eye? I'm trying to help Mike see up the court oh, of so the table. So you blind me <laughs> by helping Mike. That's great. Doritos. <laughs> Thank uh, you, L.A. Nick. Doritos Peking Duck. La Nick. Trying to fix your, fix your monitor. Doritos yeah. Gourmet Sausage. Did they say which one the black one was? Honey the Chili. black bag. Honey Chili. There was. It, it there was just said experimental you. flavor. Who, what, what was unplugged? Power cord. Was it Doug's fault? It was. How could it be my fault? It was your fault. It's your though. club foot. <laughs> Can you still say club foot, or is that? Uh... Yeah, there's probably a more politically correct term than People that. People don't often say it anymore. I do there remember was, when I was a oh, kid. I could, you know, yeah. that friend of yours, his sister's got a club foot. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It just says Doritos flavor B. Thank and it's you, a yeah, bag. Experimental. They were the best. It was buffalo wings and ranch. Really? Yes. Buffalo That's wings what it ended up ranch. being. Well, they were really good. And I, they don't sell them anymore. And they yanked them? They were just called, it was a black bag, just an experimental bag B. Yep. Where did you buy it? Anywhere. Any convenience really? store. Really? It just said experiment bag B. Yep. That's weird. How about Doritos ketchup? Ah, oh, gosh. You know what? Gross. No, you know, you know what? I had uh, I had ketchup. What's the, uh, the big t- potato chip company here? Lay's? Old, Lays. Dutch. No, Old, no. Dutch. Old Dutch. Old Dutch. Old yeah. Dutch had a ketchup fr- ketchup chips. They were awesome. Really, really good. One of so my I don't favorites. Need ketchup. And they can't find them anymore. But you I don't, don't like ketchup. ketchup. I don't no. eat. I don't either. It gives me heartburn. But the ketchup chips were really good. You know why that is? Because it's all acidic. Just, it's all. They just pointed this out last night on Roseanne. By the way, the Roseanne episode last night was not funny in the least. No, so no, it's not it a good not show. Funny. The first few were very funny, but this one was not funny at all. Did you see that? You know, Cara Burnett had a new series out, and it got. Pulled real quick, and seems blaming it on the director rewrites. Oh, really? Producer rewrites. She said something. She she saw signs after the death of her daughter or something. What's that? Any? Would you go on uh, on uh, Newser? Because there's a story on there about uh, Carol Burnett. I know all now, her back, kids. Back to uh, um, Roseanne. You know who Darlene reminded me of last time I showed, saw that spitting twin of Big Head from. Um, Big Head. Big Silica- Head Silicon, Silicon Valley. Oh, Big Head. Yeah. You look big, at Big Head and Darlene, yeah. they look and they talk yeah, almost they exactly alike. You're right. like, oh yeah, my absolutely God. And he, see, we're on season three now, so he's like a, an executive vice president of Hulu. Have they had the party yet? No, they have not had the party. Yet. I can tell you what happens. It doesn't give away any plot, but for some reason, he and Bachman decide to throw a million dollar party for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a shock. That, that is one great show, man. I love that show. 
Carol Burnett surrounds herself with kids in a new Netflix talk show that apparently is missing her missing her own daughter, Carrie Hamilton, who died of cancer in 2002 at the age of 38. You don't get over it, but you cope. The 85-year-old tells people, recalling a sign. Wow, she's 85. Carol I Burnett. did not know she was 85. Yeah, I didn't either. She's 85 years old. She does not look 85 years old. I'll tell you that. Well, she looks, you know, largely plastic surgery. Oh, she is. Yeah. She's about as nice a person as you ever want to meet. Yeah, we had her on last. Remember, she yeah. uh, she wished nice. uh, Catherine's dad a happy birthday. She did. But you know what? She oh, wasn't. Yeah. She wasn't very nice to her kids. That's what no? they say. But no, I, don't know. I know her kids. Oh, you know her kids? Yeah, I was really Even good friends with Jody, her her middle kid, and I knew Carrie very well too. And I, they, she did. She, she, she let me take that back. She wasn't mean to them, but she didn't help them to get into the industry at all. Well, and maybe they, they sucked. And they, well, I don't <laughs> think Carrie. I don't think Carrie did. I think maybe they did. Suck. I think oh. Carrie. Carrie could have been a good actress, and she wanted to be in the industry. But Jackie Carol Chan said he's not going to give his kids much money because oh, he doesn't want them to. He wants them to work for their stuff. And he's worth millions. He's has he has the money has to make them set for dough. life. Yeah, but he's not gonna. Well, I know that one daughter he totally ignores because it, he. He cheated on his wife and had a baby with another woman. Oh. And he pays. I mean, he sends money to her, but he doesn't pay any attention to her at all. Fun. And now she's homeless. But she's 18. So if you're 18, how can you be homeless? Because you shouldn't be living with your parents anymore anyway. If you're crazy enough, you can be homeless if you, you know. Well, she has a she has a a woman lover, or maybe it's her wife or something. I don't know. I don't know if they're married or not. I don't think so. She's been uh, homeless for a month. And she was bitching well, about it. Yeah, she looks rather crazy. Oh, she does. Let me see your picture. I have not. I couldn't. I didn't see her picture when I did that. When I did the story the first time. But um, yeah, she's she has a she has her lover, her woman. And I don't think they're married. They're just lovers. But these two women there, and they're both homeless now because Jackie, either Jackie doesn't or the girl's mother doesn't approve of lesbian love or so. I don't know no, what the hell it is. It's one of those deals. Yeah, I don't there really. There they are. Oh, okay, which one is she? I think the one on the right. You think it's the one on the right? Yeah. Okay. And Chan's her meth daughter. head girlfriend. Oh, she, you think it's a meth head girlfriend? She looks like I don't know. Doesn't take care of herself. You know what I would but I would say homeless, almost then. certainly, because of their body language, I'm not buying their lovers. I yeah I you, think it's yeah, attention. It's attention all the way because they I'm, look like Trump and Melania. <laughs> exactly, they look like Trump and Melania. They're doing like fake cheek kisses on one another. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not an affectionate thing. It's I'm not buying it. And I of think course, you know, publicity. this all happened. Uh, they just like announced this whole thing when they. Oh, I took the picture down. Um, her name is Etta Ng, Ng. That's her last name. But uh, they yeah, started all this. Middle name, shall we? They started all this stuff um, when they God. also wanted to. You know, they were calling out Jackie Chan for being homophobic, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so exactly. exactly. I, th- I, I think they want money from him. Yes, yeah, so I think they're making it up to get money out of him because he was. They, they said he's homophobic. We will be right back with part two and a special guest coming up. I believe next, right? Yep. All right, we'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. 
and neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Watching American Gigolo was the first time I ever saw the convertible Mercedes Benz. What was it, the 280? Yeah. yeah. 280 was the first. The 280 was the first one? Well, that, that body style. Yeah. I mean, the first yeah. Mercedes convertible was like in the yeah. 20s. Yeah. But I mean, that body style was a 280. Right? Yeah. That was That's the first time car. anybody saw Richard Gere. That launched his career. That did launch his career, you're right. And if he was in anything else, he was, he was a bit player, but. I have a great and touching brief automotive story. Touching so, and brief. And great. All and three. And great, all three. I like all so three. So yesterday, any car sold in America that was that's being built now has to come standard with a backup camera. Standard equipment. Yeah, it would make sense, yes. Now, the story like that. behind that I didn't know. Uh, it was a doctor that's been pushing to get that legislation passed for 15 years, and the reason is... He backed over his five-year-old and killed him 15 yeah. years ago. Oh, God. They interviewed him on the news. He, was, he, he says, you know, if that ever happens to you, your life's never the same, but I swore that I was going to do something about it. So, Yeah, that, that happened to a friend of mine. She backed That's over That's just guy ruined you for life. You know, he looked, I would think so, yeah. I don't know. He, he, he looked like he still had it together. So, really? You yeah. know, the saddest thing about that is when that happens, and I know this to be the truth because I know a lot of cops, but you, unfortunately, you're – covered with blood because yeah. you pick up your child trying to find out your child and they take you in for drug and alcohol testing yeah. and you know what and then, oh. what, ha- and then you know what happens 90 percent of the time oh. you get divorced yeah it does happen and quite anytime a yeah. couple use, loses a child death, death they of usually a child get divorced. does usually result in divorce yeah. well the bad the sad news on that story is uh she backed <laughs> over the four-year-old unfortunately he died and then uh, a few years later her husband died Wow. So she's had a hell of a run. Well, I'm just brought just everybody really right down. Thanks a lot, Doug. That's great. We're all going to The cool thing is die. that there was an uplifting thing that came out of that. Right? Yeah, there was, yeah. So well, we, are, okay. we are all going to die. Well, I get that, but you don't want to go at five, dude. That's kind of the point. <laughs> I do not. I got actually hit by a car when I was four. Really? But it only took my shoes off 
it didn't hurt me, but it took my shoes right off. Took you out of your shoes. Yeah. Wow. So I was, I'm sure they were just slip-ons, you know, little four-year-old slip-on shoes. But I was cutting across from 1200 Spruce, Spruce Place, where we lived, going over Emerson School to play in the playground. And I ran out in the middle of the street, and a car hit me. Took the shoes right off my feet, but didn't hurt me. I've been hit, I've been hit twice on a bike. Yeah, sitting still at red lights. Not good. I T-boned the choir director's car with my uh, <laughs> Schwinn apple crate. God, did that hurt. I racked my nuts so hard. Me and Jimmy Blandino were riding down his driveway in Massachusetts and right into the street, bam, right into the door. Oh, I was like, oh, boy, is that hurt. Not good. I was able to father children. Though. I've heard that. Jo- so you weren't neutered? No. Nope. You weren't castrated? Castrated. No castration. <laughs> no castration. You John live, live Cameron. Longer. How you doing, John? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Marvelously well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Edward Wayne Edwards, a serial killer you never heard of. Now featured in Paramount Network series, it was him, The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. You know, when I was a kid, and I've been in radio now for 48 years, so it's, you know, been a while. But I, I never even heard of serial killers when I was a kid. They, they probably existed, but we didn't know... They were doing these. They they probably blamed the the murders on several different people, or thought several different people. Who was was there a, a the first serial killer? Was there a number one serial killer, the first ever? I mean, not other than like despots who would well, like wipe the, the out Ripper, entire countries. The guy, the Ripper guy, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Was that the first, the first serial famous killer? one? You think that's the right? The first Joe? one I remember, my mom told me about Ed Gein. Yeah, oh, I was just going to say that. He made oh, furniture God. out of people and stuff. I've never liked Wisconsinites ever since. <laughs> Cheeseheads. <laughs> Cheeseheads all the way. Yeah, that uh, that guy had an interesting personality. Now, he he wanted to be his mother. Is Was that the whole point of killing women and then making clothing out of them and all of that? Yeah, he was the original uh, one for uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yes, exactly. Silence of the Lambs. That was kind of a combination of Ted Bundy and Ed Gein, wasn't it? That character. Yeah, and his name was Ed. (laughs) Yeah, and his name was Ed. That's right, another guy named Ed. Why is it, by the way, that there are so many serial killers with the middle name Wayne? There's John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, there are a lot. (laughs) Edward Wayne Edwards is one of them. Yeah, I mean, there are like five of them that have the middle name Wayne. What What is that all about? Good God. Meet Edward Wayne Edwards, the most evil serial killer you've never heard of in this uh, chilling case. Uh, yeah, case-by-case analysis and story of the killer's life. Former detective John A. Cameron argues that Edwards was not only responsible for the five torture murders he confessed to and was eventually convicted for, uh, but for dozens uh, more across the U.S. over a What causes people to become, is there... A mindset is there a causation of serial killing what is it all about well I think with Ed Edwards it was the massive abuse he had before the age of five yeah. he saw his mother shot and killed in front of him the age of five his yeah. name was changed to a dip to Edward Edwards his real name was Charles Meyer and uh, then he was placed in a Catholic orphanage where he was abused and uh, sexually abused by not only the the priests and the nuns, but also the older boys. And so by age 11, he was really just a monster with an incredible high IQ. Is that part of it as well? I would assume in order to be a serial killer, you have to be pretty pretty smart, I would think, 
or at least be able to fig- figure things through because you wouldn't get away with so many things unless you could you could think your way through the process. I, I, I would assume that's true. Is that the case? Well, that was the case with Ed. He he scored 132 back in 1944 that's for an nothing. IQ, and he had basically been told he was stupid all the way up until then. Oh, and so what he did is take it to the dark side and decided to, well, I'll show you who's stupid and kill people the rest of his life and frame people and make us look stupid. So his, did his mother, his mother kill herself when he was five? Well, you know, it's listed as a suicide. She died from a gunshot wound from a rifle to her stomach. But what's very strange about it is uh, Ed had just gone back to her. She had just come out of prison. And he was five, and within eight months, all of a sudden, she's dead of a gunshot wound to her stomach. And he is removed from the home, and his name is changed to not have anything to do with his original name. And he's named Edward Wayne Edwards and put in an orphanage. So there's some suspicions that he might have actually pulled the trigger. Oh, I see. And her suicide note said, from the desk of Edward Wayne Edwards. Right. (laughs) Yeah. She killed herself, shot herself twice in the head. Yeah, exactly. She lived a period of six days between August 2nd, 1938 and August 8th, 1938. And when you look back at Ed Edwards' murders that he confessed to, that's when those murders occurred. Mm. So that was a very uh, telling sign of what changed his life, and it was the killing of his mother. Was it at the very beginning? Well, you mean that he started killing at the at like was her death dates? at the very beginning of the killings? Yes, yeah, she would have been the first if he pulled the trigger. So, yeah, so I'm or, wondering. I mean, either either he killed her or when she killed herself, that just broke him and you know, yeah, turned him crazy. Both are equally well. What he plausible. what he did the rest of his life is he would kill couples on August eighth, August sixth things like that on the anniversary date of her death oh, because huh. he never knew her his father and he was born to a single mother and she dies and so it was almost like what he was saying was if you people are out having sex in cars on yeah. lovers lane i'm gonna kill you oh yes because that, so that's he blamed all his foibles and his problems on the fact that no dad that dad and mom uh, never yet another serial killer with no dad what part of the yeah. country what part of the country was this um, he lived in Ohio at that time, Cleveland, and uh, then went to Palmer, Palmerdale, which is uh, about 40 miles from Cleveland. That's the Catholic orphanage he was raised in. It, and it was a horrible time because he was there at the height of the Great Depression, and, you know, they're just, it was a lot of abuse that went on there. You asked about the first serial killer. Um, yes. Would taking a bunch of slaves and massacring civilians count? What do you mean? Huh? Just like because he felt like killing a bunch of civilians. Who? Uh, Lu Peng Li in second century BC. He, he just, just he wow, just really? went out, took a bunch of slaves, and killed about a hundred people just, for no reason. Yeah, just because he felt like that's it. kind of. Like, I, don't, I think there's a difference between mass murders yeah, and serial yeah. killers. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, Anula of Anna Anuradhapura in first century BC poisoned her son and four husbands. Four husbands. Yes, and then Wouldn't she was burned alive. Would you think the fourth alive. guy kind of catch you on? Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. It's like, eh, you know, the other three guys. I, don't, I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, um, uh, there's Zhu Shinatir from fifth century A.D. lured young boys into his home and then threw them out a window. Oh my God! So there's been serial killers for a while. I guess forever. But yeah. there, was, there wasn't media to cover it. 
No, there wasn't yeah. no, to right, call right. it serial killers. So right. once television and radio came to be, then we got to hear about more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, second century BC, it's like writing barely even existed at the time. Yeah. So how I are mean, you gonna... in the Roman Empire, there was tons of people that killed people yeah, every that's day. True. Serial that killers true. were a dime a dozen. Oh yeah, Lacusta of Gaul, he's uh, on here, the poisoner of Nero. There you go. John A. Cameron is a retired police detective from Great Falls, Montana. His career in law enforcement began in 1979. He retired in 2005 as a sergeant of detectives working cold cases. He has worked on FBI serial killer task forces, catching ritualistic child cannibal killer Nathan Bar Jonah. His cases have been uh, featured on America's Most Wanted, Dateline NBC, and he co-produced the Most Evil True TV series. That's a great TV series, by the way. You co-produced that? Yeah, that was actually a fun series to do. That was back in like oh five, oh six, oh seven. Yeah, that was really. That, I really enjoyed that show. As a matter of fact, my wife always yeah, thought I was Nathan nuts. Nathan Barjona, the, right? the one guy that I caught in Great Falls that kidnapped and ate a little boy. Um, he Ooh. was starred in that show. He ate a little boy. A lot of these serial killers kill children. Like a lot of them, specifically children, which is another weird thing. Yeah, usually a serial killer, you know, they have a a specific type of victim they want to get. But with Edward Edwards, he killed every type of victim, every age, every sex, every nationality. Mm. He did the gamut of all serial killers, killing as as many as he could in every possible different way he could. It's kind of interesting because I I, I remember reading, and then there was, uh, was it Wayne O. Williams, I think, came along eventually, but... For a while there, they were talking about the fact that, that only white men were serial killers. But then that changed about, I don't know, 25 years ago, something like that. Was it Wayne O. Williams? Was that his name? Well, that's interesting. It was Wayne Williams yeah. in the Atlanta in Child Atlanta. Killings yep. that was right. named the first black serial killer. But right. actually, those killings were done by Edward Wayne Edwards, and, and Wayne Williams was framed really? for those killings. Yeah. So, so your Wayne guy is one of Really? Yeah, had, he's the longest-serving guy right now in prison that I found. He's been in 36 years. God. Hmm. And you had the two black guys that were shooting out of the back of the trunk. Oh, yeah, John... Uh, Malvo? Malvo. Yeah, yeah. shooting in D- oh, D.C., right? Love. Maryland? Yeah. Yeah, I was in Maryland, right? Yeah. What was, that, what, was it, what was the older guy's name? John... That's a strange story. Muhammad. That's, John Muhammad. Yeah, that story is a very strange story. That it whole is. thing is, is strange, man. And they got away with it for a long time. I mean, well, they, that story actually brought out Ed Edwards to kill some more in his really? older days, 2002, 2003, and four and five. Because whenever there was somebody getting recognition in the press, such as a serial killer, oh god, he would go into that area and he would start killing, and kind of confuse police to, to make them wonder. Once they catch the real guy, did they really get the right guy? So and how, that's how, the way how, he operated his whole life. How many people do you think this guy killed? Hundreds. He, he killed from 1945, and he was 11, until uh, 2010, when he finally got identified. And every waking moment of his life was to travel the country with his wife and his kids and, and create horrific murders wherever he could and suck up to the police and kind of be inside the investigations all along, and nobody knew it. So what did he finally get put away for, just one murder? No, it was five murders, five. and four of them were coupled on Lover's Lanes, which, uh, which is the Zodiac type of a killing. Yeah. Right. And that's how I became involved, is I had a couple killed on a Lover's Lane in 1956 here in Great Falls, Montana. 
and I confronted Edwards about that murder because I was able to place him in town on the day of the murder. And that's what began the unraveling of what he had done as he had been killing like that his whole life and framing people. Crazy. So he would go, he would frame people for the murders that he committed. Yeah, what he would do is he would plan them deliberately, sometimes years in advance. Like he would try to pick a husband that might be cheating on the wife. And he would portray himself as a doctor of psychiatry, actually have offices. He had offices in Minneapolis in 1961, actually, as a doctor of psychiatry. Mm. He had him in Indianapolis. He had him in Great Falls, Montana. He, that's how he lured his victims in to gain personal knowledge on them and then kill the wife, frame the husband, and sit back and watch the press devour him. This guy needed a psychiatrist. Yeah, he needed a psychiatrist. He didn't need to be, be a psychiatrist. He needed one. We'll be back in about two minutes. You can stay with us, John. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, that's good. Back in two minutes with John Cameron, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want to flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you could install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Call or visit Flo's newest dealer in Chanhassen. Lakeshore Equipment, 952-474-DOC or lakeshoreequipment.com, of course. Flo Docks and Lifts, a better way. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. John Cameron with us. Uh, it's me, Edward Wayne Edwards, a serial killer you never heard of. You know, I was just thinking during the break there, John. I have no desire to kill anyone, and I certainly have no desire to do the things like you know, John Wayne Gacy did, and was, I never can, I can never remember that guy's name over there in Wisconsin, the, uh, the, uh, the guy who was oh, killed by Christ. Uh, Jeffrey G- Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. I can never one. remember his name. His story is just insane. It isn't. That, that's, so we touched on him on Monday about the landlord. Oh, that's right. <laughs> John, I don't know. 
Didn't he bring, like, <laughs> didn't he bring some kid's head to his parents' house for uh, Thanksgiving? Well, he had it in his refrigerator right now. No, he that. brought one to his parents' house for Thanksgiving. Uh, like, why would he? Set it by his chair. Why would So his parents <laughs> knew he was doing this? No, but he brought a, a box with a head in it oh, to Thanksgiving box. dinner. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. <laughs> John, did you ever hear well, of a that's interesting. Oh, go that's ahead. because that Nathan Barjona, the guy that I arrested in Montana here, he oh, actually man. killed this little boy, and then he uh, cooked him up in a bunch of recipes and served it to his church and photographed the dinners. Oh, man. People are <sighs> whack jobs, man. See, this chicken's really good. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I couldn't even cut a fi- head off a of fish. <laughs> no, I know. It's true. Like, I can't do it. So so that's that kind of leads to my question in the first place, is that I, I have no desire to kill anyone. Anything. Or anything, yeah. for that matter. That's true. What? So, yeah, you know, I didn't have the greatest childhood in the world. I didn't get along with my father. My father was gone by the time I was 10. He was institutionalized. Uh, my mother was working 18 hours a day, so I didn't see her all that much. But I never wanted to kill anybody over it. You know, I just, I suppose the love of my mother, at least I had, even though she was working all the time, I knew she loved me. So I guess. Well, I'm going down the list of most prolific serial killers. Yeah. And almost all of them either had no dad or an abusive dad. Yeah. Um, or some of them had an abusive mom. So, yeah, it's almost every single one, their parents messed them up by being either gone or abusive. So the, the, the missing dad, yeah, that, that does make a lot. They, uh, there was just a, a statement made on the news earlier this week, as a matter of fact, Mr. Cameron, that I believe 15 out of the 17 last school shooters had no father mm-hmm. in the home. Yeah, I believe that's, that is one of the major causes of... of what causes someone to go into criminal activity, especially. Isn't and be a of... sociopath and a psychopath where you just have no oh. conscience because right. you really could right. care less about anybody else. Isn't that kind of, like, disturbing that that's the default state of humanity, though? I mean, because no dad just means no guidance. Well, it's only the default state of half of humanity, if you think about it, because with very few exceptions, these mass school shooters are almost all dudes. No, they In are. fact, I don't think right. there's ever been a woman or a girl that's done that. Oh, there have been several, yeah. Monster. That was a true story, right? Monster? The yeah, hell? the movie Monster was, I uh, um, can't remember, the South African one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She uh, she killed a bunch of people. Killed Johns. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah, school killed shooters. Yeah, right. right. Well, school shooters are all guys. Yeah, yeah. you're right. No, there have been a couple. Yeah, there's been two girls, I think. Oh, yeah. have there been? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and almost all of them have been on... Uh, on pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Antidepressants. They're, they're antidepressants. Or, no, no dad in the house, and they're all on antidepressants. Or it's, uh, unbelievable. some kind of diazepam. Is that part of the deal, John? Did, did, did they find out that these people are, 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 are on prescribed pharmaceuticals, or, or is that not part of it? Well, that certainly wasn't a part with Ed Edwards, but that is a big part in criminal activity nowadays, especially when we started yeah. pumping uh, ADHD medicine into the kids in the late 80s. Right. And that was just a derivative, basically, of meth. And so mm-hmm. that's why we had such an explosion. That's Adderall. Of, uh, meth. Adderall and, you know, all that other type of ADHD medicine that we put our kids on. And basically, they get hooked to yeah. speed. Meth's making a comeback in this state right now. I just seen Is the it? strip. We got, we're on the rise. We oh, were, really? We were at an all-time low for like 10 years, but now it's just went up like 30% all of a sudden. I, John, when you so you sit down face-to-face with some of these people. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah how, I have. I mean, how do you, how can a guy like, 
again, I, I just, John Wayne Gacy keeps popping up. He killed young boys and buried them in the under his house. How how do they live with themselves knowing all these little dead kids are under your house? They I, don't care. When you they talk, don't care. When, you, when huh? you talk to these guys, do they seem like they're totally normal? No, they're so blank, and usually they have very large pupils, and they're very uh, they're very cold the way they talk. But I mean, to be a good investigator, you have to be able to sit and listen to it and yeah. let them keep going. That's just how you got to do it. And so the, you really got to set aside your own emotions. Does the prison system put them on meds? You know, um, yeah, the ones that are incarcerated in prison get certain meds to keep them calm while they're in there. But a lot of these guys are usually isolated, too, and kept in solitary. God, yeah, I would keep them in solitary. <laughs> well, the, first, yeah, the, first, the first time you went to interview, were you scared? Like, to, to, Were you nervous about it? Oh, I remember my first, the first killer I interviewed. I was only a 22-year-old rookie, and I was Ooh. scared. Yeah, <laughs> like I, that, I'd be pretty know. nervous to sit down with a serial killer and face-to-face and chat with him. Yeah, and I even talking to Mr. Edwards over the phone for a year and by letter was scary enough because... That man was so manipulative and telling me that he was sending people out to talk to me, you know. So I'm kind of wondering, well, what are they going to be talking about? <laughs> you know, John, it's kind of interesting. It certainly doesn't match up to what you've been through. But I do remember when I was 16 years old, I went to an inner city school here in Minneapolis. And I was having lunch one day with this guy. He was a senior. I was a sophomore. And we just didn't eat lunch. And I said, so are you going to go back to class? He goes, nah, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go back to class today. I'm going to just... I'm going to head out. I said, all right, well, I'll just I'll talk to you tomorrow. So we finished our lunch, and I went back to class, and he left. He walked one block, shot and killed a, a gas station attendant, and took $17. And he's spent his life, all of his life in prison since then. Wow. I mean, and you never saw that coming, I bet, right? I never, ever saw that coming. I, when I think about that, how chilling that was, back when I was so young, that he was thinking about killing that guy the whole time that he was eating lunch with me. I'm like, good God. It's a good thing I didn't have $17 on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just, there, I could not tell you, because I remember, you know how you look back and you remember looking at somebody's face? I remember looking at him and there was no sign, like he wasn't, like you said, his pupils weren't dilated or he wasn't talking in a different manner or whatever. He, he just was normal, and he just, nah, I don't think I'm going to go back to class. That was the only I, I knew a guy, thing. I knew a guy who was like that. He was unpredictable. Like you, he was just totally normal, and then Ugh, out of blue, man. he would just go up, punch someone in the face. And... Hmm. There was another well, guy. Well, if you want to see the coldest killer ever, you can just go on YouTube and search Edward Wayne Edwards, and he gives the confessions to his five murders on oh. YouTube. Oh. And you can just tell by looking at him what he says so that did, he has did, no feelings. Does he, did he ever happened. admit to the hundreds? No, no. Oh, he did, I guess, in letters that he sent as the killer, you know, under different pseudonyms. He would be right. Zodiac, Zodius, Ghost yeah. Killer. He always had different names for that, and he'd always say that his count was much higher than anybody thought. So uh, but, were a lot of other people blamed for his murders? Yeah, there's at like, least like two put, dozen like in, prison in prison now. Yeah, two dozen at least are in prison right now. Hmm. Four are really? on death row. and. There's two that are actually going to be executed within the next 12 months. So if he's and, saying uh, it was him, why, why aren't they getting released? 
Well, they don't say anything. The system basically has got the guy convicted by a jury. They don't even investigate. Mr. Edwards was an FBI police informant for 40, 50 years. Really? And what they didn't know is he was actually informing on his own murders and framing people. Oh, my God. And they just... Is that a laziness thing, John? Seriously? I mean, is part of that, oh, okay, well, I don't have to work on that because uh, he, he's got the guy. Right. We already got the guy, and if we admit that we might be wrong, our liability is so huge that uh, it's easy for the system just to say nothing because the system is so closed, you know, you can't get the truth out of them if somebody in it is not digging. Man. I wonder what the number is of wrongly convicted people in prison. Oh, God. Well, I think on my investigation, it was eight years long, and I found over 130 murders that he had committed. And out of those 130, about three quarters involved a wrongful conviction. So you're, you know, talking 75. And that's just one case. Imagine how many over the years, you know, all over the country, different cases, how many people were wrongly convicted sitting in prison. That is amazing. Yeah, it's actually a fundamental problem in the system. There really has to be a change. I'm really glad that he uh, never listened to the show and tried to pin something on me. I thought, <laughs> that would have been great. So he's still, so he's he's alive right now, right, in prison. No, he oh, he, he died August, okay. uh, April seventh, two thousand eleven. He oh, was on okay. death row, and he was going to be executed in August of two thousand eleven. Well, if you look at and pictures he, of him in twenty eleven, it's not a surprise he died. Cause let me see it. He was not in good shape. Let me check it out, Andy. All right. Yeah, he was he was a diabetic and a pretty hefty dude, but. One thing about it, he used his, oh, his yeah. look to uh, to get away with murder because you wouldn't suspect that guy could kill you, but he would get no. so close to his victims, he'd kill you in a second. Because yeah, when he was younger, he was pretty thin, well, actually. What was his method of killing? By rope, by knife, by gun, by fire. Oh, he'd shoot him, stab him, burn him, strangle him, dismember him, cannibalize him. He did everything you can imagine. That's, it was almost a ritual. If he shot a couple on a lover's lane this year, he'd stab a couple the next year, and it kind of went like that. Wow. So what was the first first clue that it was indeed Edward Wayne Edwards? What was the first indication that, wait a minute, this guy is very, very suspicious? Well, he, you know, he got arrested in 2009 for his first murder at the age of 76, but he wrote a book, a 400-page hardcover book called Metamorphosis of a Criminal. And he traveled the country for 30, 40 years claiming that he was reformed. And then he pleads guilty to murders that he did while he's traveling the country saying he's reformed. And that book ended up being the answer to all the murders he did his whole life. And he killed in every city and every state and people by the same names that he wrote about in the book over and over and over again, tying it to his book. And that was the... That was the answer to all of Ed's killings, was his book. And that book's available for anybody to read by Google searching Metamorphosis of a Criminal PDF file. And it'll, I put it out there uh, eight years ago. What an amazing story. John, thank you for all your time today. It's, it's, I'm glad I don't have to do that. I do stupid radio stuff. I don't have to talk to serial killers. You're a better man <laughs> well, hey, than I, I sir. I'm a maintenance man now at, a, at Highgate Senior Living in Great Falls, and it's a lot less stressful. <laughs> I imagine. John Cameron, thanks for your time, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. John Cameron, it's me, Edward Wayne Edwards, a serial killer you never heard of. That's John Cameron's book. I just, man, I think of some of the people that I went to school with and things that they did. Uh, who knows? I knew some bad kids that were just, they were born bad. 
Yeah. They are. They it were born kinda bad. It kind of seems like it, doesn't they it? They were born bad. They killed things when they were little kids, and they were just born bad. Yeah, some people are just born like that. Yeah. My, my story that just re- – and I hadn't thought about this for years, but I went to school with a kid. I don't want to say where, really, because I don't want to pin it down. But went to school, and he lived in a fourplex in North Minneapolis. It was in North Minneapolis. I'll say that. He lived in a fourplex, and when we finally turned like 21, 22 years old, he said, you know, I, I'm going to rent our old house where I grew up. I'm going to rent that, that apartment in the fourplex. It's going to be the greatest. And he was all excited to go back home is the way he looked at it. Mm-hmm. So he rented it, and he was there for a while. And he got in an argument with one of the neighbors in the, uh, one of the other three units and killed everybody in the building because they ruined his, his homecoming. So not only did he kill the guy he argued with, he killed everybody in the building. Wow. Like, woo, settle down there. He died in prison, so he's no longer alive. Speaking of dying, did you see uh, Gibson filed for bankruptcy today? No. Gibson, you went from serial killers to guitars? Well, it's sad, man. Good God. Yeah, death, death of music in America, but man. Doug Kids don't play instruments it. anymore. That's exactly what yeah, Doug was saying. Kids don't play instruments show. anymore. It's right. the death of music in America. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some, but I, I've been watching it because they're – Guitar sales are down like thirty. No, the numbers the are just plummeting. Yep. Same with drum kits, any are real instrument. Really? It, the numbers are just plummeting. They just, they just don't play. Zildjian's ready to declare bankruptcy. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the drum company. companies already did. Well, kids want now. They want to be DJs, which basically DJ just Martin. means playing Sad. a playlist on iTunes for a club. Yeah, it's lame actually. Well, there's well, no gear. To, there's no gear so to carry. You get the same amount of money. Yep. That's right. And. You walk out of there with a briefcase. Yeah. You, have to be, you don't have to practice for thousands of hours yeah. to be right. good at it. You have to be very I mean, lucky a really to get that DJ job. that can scratch. I mean, that, that is a talent. But not that but many do that not, anymore, though. Yeah. They play, right. they play, they, it's all digital. Right. Very few of those vinyl. anymore, yeah. They're not playing vinyl anymore. Yeah, you're not seeing anyone fading between tracks and yeah. stuff. They're just playing a Which uh, is kind of cool to watch somebody that's good at it. It's like, yeah, that's yeah, pretty neat. You know, I was just looking at the clock. I think I'll kill the show. <laughs> Let's eat Molina. <laughs> Let's eat Molina. That's really nice. I think Thank Mike you can again. take us all. To John Cameron, to Varla Ventura, to uh, Dr. Regina, to Michael, everybody on the show today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.